Yeah, Justin Marshall, of course, former All Black mm. Mark. How many t- how many Test matches, Marshy? Eighty odd. Yep. Yep. <laughs> well done. That's a fair resume. That is I a think. good resume. Yeah, so no, that's that's better than feelers. But that song uh, that we just played, uh, has it ever been part of a great Justin Marshall road trip, Life as a Highway? <laughs> it actually um, was uh, sort of reminiscing um, days around uh, my times in HQ Holdens and, and yeah. Falcons cruising around the tower back in the day. Life as a Highway used to belt out. It does, eh? It's just one of those ones yeah. on a nice day. That's pretty hard. To, it's pretty hard to do better than that. And, one you, as we go. and you know what? The good thing about it is also like a lot of those ones that that we been yeah. belting out at times, and then you hear them again, you kind of cringe a bit because they're sort of overly repetitive, and you think, "Man, that song's just plain annoying." But that one, you've just been playing. Yeah, the life right. of the highway. It's good. It sits it sits with me comfortably that it was okay to belt it out. Yeah, it gets you every time. It's You're a okay with that yeah. One. Yeah. Hey, yeah. Well, last week, Justin, you were in the company of one George Gregan, mm. former Brumbies and Wallabies halfback. Mm. What would George Gregan be thinking about Michael Checker asking the Brumbies' top coach to rest three guys this weekend? Yeah, I, I don't think he would be overly impressed. Um, Look, they're in a they're in a really uh, difficult situation um, rugby-wise now. Australia, aren't they? They're, they're they're at a point where they haven't stopped the bleeding from last year, uh, and their Super Rugby results have reflected in that. Um, they're trying very very hard to to find talent and to to, to find a way to pay the very good future, uh, and what that future may may hold is very important for world rugby. So. Look, I, I just think that what they need is they just need their players regularly playing top-level rugby. They need them out there. They need them testing themselves against the best teams. Uh, and they just need repetitive rugby at, at that high level. So I don't think there's um, any any cause for them ever to be rested because they just need to keep playing and, and, and getting better. Yeah, so Michael Checker's, I think, justification is, hey, look, six days for me to prepare these guys is not ideal because they play on a say Our first test is a Saturday. But a six-day turnaround for a pro rugby player is just part of life, is it not? That's right. And, and but the way that they uh, manage them nowadays and um, are able to make sure that they, throughout the course of a week, if they feel that, that the, the certain individuals need to have a little bit of um, volume buttoned off when they are in that type of situation. So under Michael Checker's guidance, if he's worried about it, then he can manage that, micromanage that within um, his squad for the week. Uh, but I, I think more importantly, you know, back, to, back to again my first point, they, they need rugby and they need they need to keep, you know what they need to get? They need to keep getting pushed. Yeah. They need to harden up and get tough and be as as competitive and wanting to play as what George Gregan was. Like You couldn't tell that guy that he had to have a week off. You know, he would tell you to go get stuffed. And I just wonder whether or not the molly coddling and the pampering is, is a big part of the problem, that they just need to harden up a bit. And, and the only way to do that is keep throwing them out there and making them tough. Do you, do you think, because I have a look at this, and here's my read on it. I go, he's all of a sudden wants Pete Samu out of there now. He all of a sudden mm-hmm. needs uh, three players out of the Brumbies. Um, mm-hmm. Is this looking at Ireland to come down and thinking, hang on, I'm, I'm the, no, this is a pretty ominous force headed my way? I'm wondering if, if he's now kind of panicking, not so much the physical bit, but whether he thinks he can get his game plan into that team in time. Could it? Is it a bit of a panic there, perhaps, or a worry? Yeah, that's a pretty valid question. And I guess that's something that he could be worried about. Uh, you know, they've got to find a balance in the way they want to play and, and the type of style that they want to play. Uh, you know, and, and recently, let's face it, I think probably their 
biggest issue Australia. They've always had a pretty reasoned back line. Um, they've been inconsistent in the centres in recent times. They've not found a decent combination there, which is something that Australian rugby's always been very strong at, is having very good centres um, that, that really piece together and have a glue of the back line, and they haven't got that. So that's an area of concern for them. But when you mention the likes of Pete Samu, the other side and the big problem that they don't have, that a lot of world rugby teams um, are very strong in, is that loose forward um, backs uh, mix. And what I mean by that is these loose forwards that can play tough when they need to, they hit hard, they tackle hard, and they clean rucks. But also, they find their place in the team pattern that um, suits the way that uh, that the team can play, and they become, uh, you know, they become like backs, and they operate on the, the ten metre sort of channel on the outside of the touch lines. They distribute, they run hard, and I think that's why he's probably looked at someone like Pete Samu. So they don't play that way. Is my point, Australia? Not now, they don't. Are they looking to evolve and try and play not like the All Blacks, not copy the All Blacks, but encourage their players to carry more and to carry in, in zones that they're not used to being in and, and those outside channels. And if he wants to do that, yeah, that takes time to give forwards, um, you know, that, that mentality that when they see a ruck and you're out on the wing, don't go to that ruck because I want you to hold your width, rely on backs to clean the ruck, and then you're going to carry like a back when you get the ball. And so to do that, you know, that does take some confidence. Hey, Justin, we're looking at Super Rugby, and obviously we've got a couple of big games this weekend. Uh, the Crusaders beat the Canes last week, so they're five points clear. The Hurricanes do have a game in hand, however. Who's top of your Justin Marshall power rankings at the moment? Well, look, I think the Crusaders flexed their muscles uh, last week. There's no doubt about that. Uh, they were always going to, after what happened to them, I, I think, in that uh, first up game against the Hurricanes. Um, but that was a statement game for them. Um, you know, I certainly... By no means that they weren't at full strength, um, so they're, they're going to be even stronger come the final stages. Um, and that was a must-win game, really. Look, I think if you asked me after this weekend, which whether really or not you remember this or not, it'd be very interesting. But I, I could give you more of a steer because this really now for the Hurricanes uh, against the Highlanders is, is a must-win game for them. And I know that Chris Boyd knows that he's got a talented team. I think we can all see that. Uh, and he managed to galvanise a team that can win, win a title. But the Super Rugby titles, when they won it, were won on winning big matches. And for the Hurricanes, with that game in hand, with a tough ask like the Highlanders, we'll see how tough they are and whether or not their muscles um, can be flexed like the Crusaders last week when you've got to win those critical games. I thought last week they were superb against the Hurricanes at just pressuring their ruck. I don't think I've seen so many bad passes thrown out the back of a Hurricanes ruck. Do you, how do you think the Highlanders will approach the Hurricanes for this week? Yeah, look, I don't think the Highlanders, um, with the greatest respect, uh, are as, I guess, as, as cunning as what the, the Crusaders are up front, um, and particularly sort of tight five-orientated loose forwards. Look, the, the Crusaders, no doubt, um, what, what's been favourable for them in the last two encounters that have played the Hurricanes at home has been the weather. Uh, and and it was it was difficult conditions and because of that, remember remember the year before the Hurricanes um, got absolutely annihilated by the Crusaders who just put massive pressure in that zone, and they were able to replicate that game plan because of the conditions, and the Hurricanes just couldn't cope with it. Under the roof, a bit of a different story, unfortunately for the Islanders. So, you know, you can put a lot of pressure in there, but if if the ball can be cleared without being wet, dewy, and and um, and, and you've committed all the numbers into that zone, man, you can get burnt. 
if the Hurricanes can clear the board because of that back line, you just give them overlaps that they will um, take advantage of. So I think the Highlanders will want to put pressure there, but they're very mindful that it's a dangerous thing to do when the weather conditions don't make you adjust an extra second or two with the ball in hand because it's, it's wet. So, yeah, I think they're going to have to sort of uh, come up with a game plan that's more balanced than what the Crusaders showed last week, defensively anyway. Yeah. Um, we've, we've had, uh, it's, it's kind of sad news uh, uh, that Sam Whitelock isn't available for the Crusaders up against the Chiefs. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and then perhaps not for the French thing. But uh, Crusaders, again, with uh, top guys out up against the Chiefs. They're, they're visiting Hamilton for this one, so they try not to get distracted by the bright lights of Hamilton. Uh, <laughs> how do you think they'll go in that game? I've been nothing but impressed at the way that uh, Scott Robertson and all of his coaching staff have approached this season. Uh, they've, they've had to deal with injuries right through. You know, when you think of the fact that they've not been able to operate a game plan without Kieran Reid all year, that's a massive hole um, that that leaves. And also Israel Dag has unfortunately, but you know, been, not been a part of this this campaign as well. So, look, I think I think whatever's been thrown at them, they've been able to adapt to. Chiefs are a tough nut to crack this year. They're, they're resilient, um, and and they they really caused the Crusaders some problems in the first round game. So, uh, look, I, I still believe that they have um, a culture in there, and and the Chiefs do as well. They have developed a very good culture that the Crusaders are unfazed about where they go. Um, and they'll have a game plan that they feel that they can implement. Um, Sam Kane being on the bench is a big plus for the Chiefs, no doubt about it. But hey, mate, I, I do think the Crusaders are an efficient, ruthless machine this year, and they they can go to hell to get the job done. You, you'd be due to work uh, a game this weekend, yeah, wouldn't you, Justin? Where are you, you? <laughs> oh, lad? Come hey. on, leave me alone. Which one are you? Um, which one are you doing? I oh, am. Yeah, yes, I'm, I'm heading off to the Tron uh, tomorrow. Beautiful. So. From the bright lights of Paris to the bright lights of Hamilton. Yeah, awesome. man. The Paris of the mm. South. You're like one of those Brumbies players. You just soldier on and to hell with Michael <laughs> Checker. I right. like it. Going in. Good on you, mate. Thank That's you very much. Style. Cheers, boys. <laughs> there he is. Uh, Justin Marshall. Yeah. Did, what, did, what was your comparison with Marshall, Mark? Did you call him one of the feelers? Yeah, I think you did. 80-odd game I, I all think Ted called him one of the feelers, didn't he?